Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Hoops Zooted. I'm your host, Evan Moore. And, you know, it's been, it's been a somber week since the last time I saw you. You know, last time I saw you, we'd won the, the in-season tournament. You know, we're all feeling really good about this team. You know, feeling real high and, you know, making a lot of jokes about, you know, the tournament, you know, now officially doesn't count for everybody because we won it. Um, but, you know, having having a bit of a tournament hangover this week, unfortunately. So, yeah, it's been kind of kind of rough, you know, and I'm coming to you. I'm doing this recording, you know, coming off. um a very disappointing loss to the Spurs. Um, you know, now we did not have um, AD. We did not have um, Cam Reddish. And um, we also um, did not have D'Lo also. So three starters basically not there. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, our defensive anchor in AD and, you know, probably our best point of attack defender in cam, you know, and yeah, tough loss tonight. So anyway, I need to, I need to calm down here a little bit and take a few hits. So we're going to play a little bit of music and, um, you know, tonight I have a little bit of raspberry parfait and I've got my oldest bong that I own. Um, cause I just, I felt like I, I needed some, some, something kind of, you know, familiar, strong and steady and, you know, didn't, didn't want to bring out the, the new one that's turning a nice, like purple and gold, um, you know, cause especially after loss, it felt like they need it. So this is, this, like I said, this is my old, oldest bong. This is, I call her proud Mary. So I've had her. Probably about, oh gosh, it's almost 20 years now, I think. That I think about it. It's been a long time. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so let's let's play a little music and we'll we'll get started here in a minute. that track to loop i thought i'd turn that off anyway <laughs> ah, much better much much better so like i said that was that was a disappointing disappointing loss tonight and you know we started off the week with a you know really tough tough loss to the mavericks you know like I mean, it ended up, um, you know, 125, 127, but, you know, that end score is a little closer than it lets on, you know. Um, you know, that, that was really like a five-point loss. There was like a, you know, last-second three-pointer that was kind of like a garbage-time kind of dishonorable three-pointer, you know, in a lot of, like, you know, just basketball etiquette kind of things, like, yeah, unnecessary three-pointers. So it was really a five-point loss. And, you know, the Mavericks had control of that game pretty much for the whole part, you know, other than we had a nice spurt in the third quarter and it looked like we were going to, you know, make a shot to, 
to win that game, but you know, just in the end, couldn't pull it off. Um, you know, LeBron and AD played amazingly in that game. Um, you know, but just yeah, in the end, just didn't have enough for that one. And you know, that was that was a tough way to start off the week. You know, and then but we did bounce back and we got the win over the Spurs. But that was kind of an unsatisfying win in a lot of ways that that first win over the Spurs because we were dominant. We were up, you know, by like 20 points in that game and barely ended up winning that game, 122 to 119, um, because the Spurs came back in the fourth quarter and just, you know, cut that lead down and made it made it a nail biter there at the end, an unnecessary nail biter. So that was kind of frustrating. You know, and, you know, we did give the Spurs their 18th loss at that point. But, you know, I think that's also what motivated them tonight is, you know, I think they were sick and tired of hearing Pop yell at them. <laughs> and I think, sure, I'm sure sick and tired of Pop, Pop was yelling, sick and tired of yelling at them, too. So, yeah, they were motivated tonight. And they came out strong, hungry, just jumped on us early. And, you know, we battled back, you know, actually cut it down to seven there, you know, at halftime. Looked like we were going to, you know, um, make a good game of it and, you know, fight for it in the second half. And, you know, the Spurs are notoriously a bad second half team this year, but they held on. And in fact, for the first time this season, they won the third quarter. Um, you know, that they've lost the third quarter, I believe, like pretty much every game this season. So, but of course, other than tonight, um, you know, so that, that was disappointing, you know, and, you know, they're, they're off the schneid now, you know, their 18 game losing streak is over, um, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's disappointing, but, you know, it's also kind of, sometimes you have to keep these things in perspective, you know. We, like I said, we were down three starters, um, you know, no AD, no Cam, no D'Lo, you know, that's, that's big. That's, that's huge. In fact, like, you know, AD is the anchor of our defense. You know, Cam is our best point of point of attack defender and, you know, say what you want about D'Lo, but his playmaking has been incredibly necessary for this team. And it was incredibly obvious, you know, in this game, how much we missed him. You know, Austin started this game and, you know, I've been, you know, pushing for Austin. I even in the off season was one of the people that was pushing for Austin to, you know, possibly, you know, run the offense. But, you know, I think tonight is a good reason of why he's not quite ready to be running the offense. And we still need D'Lo. We need D'Lo's playmaking. You know, unfortunately, you know, he is still inconsistent with his shot making, which is, you know, a source of frustration for a lot of us Laker fans. But, you know, we need his playmaking. And it was very obvious tonight, you know, not having it really hurt us. So, you know, it's been a rough week. One and two this week. You know, and like I said, after coming off tournament, you know, we were feeling so good, so happy, just, you know, ready to celebrate. But, you know, this is tournament hangover and, you know, we are in, you know, the doldrums of the regular season now. Like this is this is the time of year where really, you know, a lot of guys don't want to be playing. And, you know, a lot of these other teams that like, you know, we're up and coming trying to prove something and guys that are, you know, also trying to get not to get traded on some teams, you know, they're, you got a lot of tryhards that are kind of tipping the balance and, you know, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's a, it's a league wide problem. It's not just a Lakers problem. You know, it is unfortunate, you know, cause we do have such high hopes for this team and to see this lack of effort, is really frustrating, but at the same time, 
like I said, you just have to put it in perspective. You know, the the league is unfortunately like this just because 82 games is a grind. And, you know, doing all these, you know, back-to-back games, especially this time of year, you know, a lot of these guys, they'd rather be hanging out with their families, you know, just like, just like normal people. Like, you know, but instead they're, you know, traveling and doing all these games. And, yes, they are getting paid. Yes, they are getting millions of dollars yes there's all those excuses but at the end of the day these are still human beings they're not robots you know nobody's perfect um you know and so we get a lot of unfortunately a lot of bad basketball this time of year just because the focus isn't there you know and it's not you know a knock on the players but i i think it does to me it does open the door to, to discussions of do we need to shorten the league or shorten the league, shorten the um, schedule a little bit. You know, 82 games is a lot, you know, or do we need to somehow at least stretch it out so they're not having so many back-to-backs? Um, you know, I, th- I think something needs to be done to kind of just help the quality of the game, you know, because we all saw it here, you know, with what happened with the tournament here. Um, The fact that it increased so much competitive nature and made for really good basketball. And like just all across the league, you know, since the tournament is over, it's gone back to a little, a lot more lackadaisical, you know, that the intensity has gone for a lot of, a lot of players, a lot of teams. And we're getting a lot of games like like we got tonight and yeah it's unfortunate you know but you know it is unfortunately it, it's the nature of the beast you know i've been watching this game a long time and like i said every every december is like this you know i i can't think of a single december where you know it was you know super competitive high level basketball it just it just doesn't happen so you know like I said, I think that the league does need to think something about shortening the season, doing something to, you know, something to help the product here. Because, you know, they I think they, they should really, you know, take to heart like what the ratings did, you know, for this tournament. There, there was a good spike in ratings, um, you know, and that says a lot because... You know, they're competing with football. Football is, you know, number one and, you know, really hard to compete with. And to, you know, take some numbers, you know, while football is going on like that is is pretty big. Now, you know, whether or not they're like taking any numbers away from NFL, that's that's a whole other thing that, you know, probably hasn't been determined at all. But, you know, but the point is that before those numbers weren't there and you add a little bit of competitiveness into it and the hunger from the fans is there. So, you know, I hope the NBA is listening and I hope the NBA thinks about these things and wants to do something about these things because, you know, the quality of the game, it's important to a lot of us fans. And, you know, and I'm not, I'm, and, you know, don't mean to be going on this just because the Lakers have, lost two games since the tournament but you know like i think i think a lot of fans you know win or lose like you all feel it like your team just doesn't play with that same intensity this time of year so anyway you know it is what it is that's that's the way you know things have gone this week you know but you know we move we move and you know we're now 15 and 11. Um, you know I haven't I haven't checked the standings. I believe somewhere between sixth and eighth. Um, you know so still okay. You know like probably you know we were four games out of out of first. I'd imagine we're probably about five or six at this point. Um, you know after a couple losses this week. Uh, so. You know, it is unfortunate, you know, with those, it's really close in the West, but you also got to remember it's still early. It's still December. 
you know, try not to, you know, take it too hard because it is like, if you want to have a loss like this, I'd rather have a loss like this in December than a loss like this in, you know, say February. Like if we're having a loss like this in February or March, you know, like as we're just starting to get, you know, geared up and ready for the playoffs, then I'm very concerned. But right now, you know, you can kind of temper it with, you know, it is only December. It's, you know, it's unfortunate. It's one of those things of, you know, we just ran into a perfect storm of they were sick and tired of losing after 18 games, sick and tired of hearing Pop yell in their ear, and we just didn't have enough tonight. You know, didn't have our full team and didn't have the focus to, you know, battle their intensity. And it is what it is. You know, these are still pros. You got to remember that. So, anyway, moving on here. Let me take a drink real quick. Get a little dry mouth. Anyway, moving on to the roundhouse heard round the world. Draymond Green is edit again and oh man like draymond like man i want to i want to make an offer out to you man i I'd, I'd like you to come on the show because i i think we need to chill you out a little bit man like dude like it can't be that serious man like you need to just take a couple tokes here let me let me take one myself here real quick. Just take a couple tokes, man, and chill out. Chill the fuck out. Like, what are you doing? doing man like you know you've already choked out rudy gobert like what like 11 or 12 seconds into the fucking game um you know fucking and then now you do this spinning roundhouse to nurkic and you know you're you're trying to claim to everybody that you know you didn't do it on purpose are you fucking serious? Are you fucking serious, man? Like, come on. Come on, man. Like, dude. And, like, you know, I've, I've heard people, you know, on the timeline, you know, make hints about, you know, there's something possibly going on in his personal life. And, you know, I don't, like, I, I don't really like that's that's his personal life we shouldn't be even talking about that to begin with but you know that also doesn't account for his history like dream on man you've been doing this for how many years now you know kicking people in the dick you know just clotheslining people just being a general freaking pain in the ass out there on the court man come on like you need to chill the fuck out man and like spend some time with some spend some time with some stoners man like come on the league allows it now it's legal in california come on like yeah just like i said come on my show man we'll we'll, we'll help chill you out bro like because you, you you are a great basketball player let's 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 get something clear like you know for a lot of people that that don't like draymond whatever like you can't deny what a you know truly great basketball player he is you, know, you can say whatever you want about his attitude all the other things but like you know you, you can't tell me that he's not a great basketball player and he's not also probably the second most important 
player on that Warriors team, you know, next to Steph. Like, you know, a lot of people want to say it's Clay, but like, you know, Ray is the guy who really makes that offense click and run, you know, outside of Steph. Like, you know, Steph, Steph is the scoring, you know, machine, but like, Ray is the, you know, defense and the, you know, like kind of genius behind a lot of that, a lot of how that offense works and a lot of how they get away with those screens that are oftentimes moving screens. So like, right, like you really, really need to get it together you just need to, like I said, take a few hits, man. Chill out. Whatever's going on in your personal life, like I hope it's, I hope it's nothing serious. And I, I know, and whatever it is, you still shouldn't be taken out on the court. You know, like what's in your personal life you need to deal with in your personal life. You shouldn't be bleeding it out onto the onto your business life you know i think we all know that um you know and that's that's all i want to say about that and all you other people that are digging into his personal life you ought to be ashamed of yourselves um you know that's a whole other thing but anyway you know he's now got an indefinite suspension you know they've given him the ron artest treatment um, you know, like basically like leagues basically told him, you know, we're gonna have to think about this for a while and we're probably going to need to talk to you too. So, you know, he's out for a while and the warriors, they're in big trouble without him, big trouble without him. In my opinion. So anyway. Draymond, Draymond, Draymond. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think that with with that said, let's let's play a little bit more music and I'm going to take another hit. We'll, we'll move on to the next topic here. And <laughs> Anyway, on to the next topic. Now, the next topic is something we see all over our timelines. And we've been seeing all over our timelines for weeks, months even. Um, and it's Zach Levine. The Zach Levine craziness. Just nonstop. We're trading for Zach Levine. We got to have Zach Levine. Zach Levine's going to fix everything. Zach Levine's our savior. And I, I've just got one thing to say to that. And it's this. Oh, well, and of course, my sound did not play here. Let's try this again. Because, of course, I set a hotkey for... What's another function here? And I need to pay attention to that, obviously. Let's see if I can find my sound here as I stall. <laughs> Where did I put that? Where did I put that? Uh -oh. 
with this cancel culture and the shut up shit shut the fuck up nobody wants oh, to hear it fucker you've been talking all fucking week you don't care what you have to say just stop talking you got me right in my fucking head right, asshole stop. damn it yeah that's that's basically what I want to say to everybody talking about Zach Levine. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I understand your argument. Your argument's fine. It's perfectly fine. I, I, I personally am someone who is not on the Zach Levine train, but I have no problem with your argument. It's fine. You know, I, I have a little bit of pushback against it, but like, it's not enough to where like we need to be arguing over these things. Just shut the fuck up about it. And you know why? Because first of all, we can't, can't do anything about it until at least January 15th, because Rui's going to have to be in the trade. And even, even if somehow we get on the phone and start talking on January 15th, it's not probably going to happen until like the, you know, first week of February. So like, that's a long ways away. And also the biggest problem I have giving up, up, giving him up, you know, for giving stuff up for him is we have to give up, you know, about three to four players for him. And then, you know, try and replace those on the roster. We lose a lot of depth right before playoff time. And we take on a huge contract that makes it much harder to build a team next year. So, anyway, I know you guys love this idea of a three-star model. Zach wants to be here. He's a clutch client. I get it. I get it. You don't need to keep fucking saying it. Shut the fuck up. We've had enough. Like, you know, you're just going to have to wait and see. And it may not happen. It may happen, but it may not happen. Because the other thing that you're not taking into consideration is the last time we tried, you know, to bring in a third star, it didn't work out so good. And yes, you know, the, the immediate pushback I get on that is, oh, this is not Russ. That is not the argument I'm making. It's not the, you know, the reason the three-star model work doesn't work is not because of the particular player. The reason the three-star model does not work is because trying to sur surround enough of a good team with a three-star model is a very difficult thing to do. You know, you're, it's a balancing act and it depends on your three stars staying healthy the entire year because they have to carry the largest burden because the bench is just not as good, not as strong and not as supportive as other benches. So, you know, like say what you want about our bench and it's inconsistency. It is much stronger and more supportive than a lot of other benches. And, you know, we lose that. And it's a whole different ball game. We do go back to kind of where we were last year and a lot of issues, you know, with struggling with things because without that depth, there are a lot of matchup issues, a lot of a lot of nights where we're gonna have long nights because we just cannot match up personnel-wise with a lot of people. So you have to take all of these things into account. You know, and the other thing to remember about this stuff is like how many of you predicted that we were gonna trade for Rui or Delo or like Urvando or any of these trades we made last season? Like everybody was so hooked on, you know, Miles Turner and Buddy Healed and you know so many other possibilities that like nobody I didn't there was nobody on the timeline that was talking about those things. So when you're thinking about trades, if you really want to try and like, you know, truly predict who we're going to 
possibly trade for because I'm I don't think it's going to be a third star. I can almost guarantee you it won't be a third star, in fact. And, you know, you guys can make that argument all you want about him being a clutch client, whatever. But I think we learned our lesson with third stars. And I just don't see us doing it again. So, you know, depth is important. You know, and if you want to try and like predict what Rob is going to do, think of the unpredictable <laughs> because it's going to be somewhere, someone that we haven't even thought of. You know, like, you know, a guy that I've been eyeing, you know, this is this is a long shot, but a guy that I've been eyeing, um, you know, and we may not get him just because he's young and this team may not want to give him up you know because they still want to you know utilize him and he's important to their system but jalen suggs um for the magic is somebody that i think could really be a great addition for us you know like talk about you know replacing delo replace him and put him in there instead of delo you know add his toughness in there i mean I think that'd be pretty good. And his salary, I, I believe he only making like seven million or something like that. I have last time I looked at, you know, I'm not I'm not the big salary guy. So but but anyway, you know, just so just think along those lines, you know, because it's gonna be somebody that you don't think it's gonna be. And you know, the Zach Levine, it's the obvious choice, you know there's all the obvious signs, you know, the, his connections to LA, the clutch, everything like, but it's too obvious in a way. So don't get your hopes up too much. And, you know, even if you do want them in the end, just chill the fuck out and shut the fuck up. Okay. Please. Just for the sake of the piece of the timeline. Just, just stop. Okay. So anyway, I'm going to play a little music, take a little drink and we'll, we'll move on to the next segment. Amen. keeps doing that to me but the damn anyway ah <laughs> so you know the next thing i want to talk about is it's a touchy subject for some of the the bronze stands in particular but it's something that that needs to be talked about um you know it's the importance of ad to this team's defense and how the Lakers don't have a backup plan for when AD goes down. So, you know, first, like, you know, the interesting thing about, like, you know, talking about the importance of AD's, you know, presence on the floor to this team's defense is that when you talk about it, a lot of times, you know, it comes off as, oh, why do you hate LeBron? And it's like, this is not about LeBron. 
This is not about LeBron. AD, like it or not, AD is the anchor of the defense of this team currently. That is not a knock on LeBron. LeBron is a great defender. LeBron has been a great defender most of his career. Now, you can make a knock on LeBron's effort at this age, you know, when it comes to defense. And there's a lot of people who do that on timeline. But, you know, of course, we also got to be careful with that because LeBron stands can't can't stand that either. You know, like they, they want to have the double standard with that. You know, it's like it's either we have to excuse it because he's old or we just have to ignore it. Like and like we, we, we can't talk about it. So it, it's just it's so, so silly. Like. And just. Understand this. It's not the reason that AD is so important for this defense is it's not because Braun is unimportant. It's simply because of how this roster is constructed. This roster is constructed in a way that does not have a good enough backup plan for AD. Now, I know I talked at the beginning of the season that we had a good backup plan for both Braun and AD, but seeing it in action, we clearly only have a good backup plan for Braun because, you know, things do dip a little bit when Braun goes off the floor, but we control it better with, you know, with guys like Rui and, um, you know, just the solidity of our, you know, of our depth with that bench. So, but when it comes to AD going down, what happens is that creates this just hole in the middle of our defense because, you know, he is not such, just such an incredible rim protector, but he covers so much ground with that rim protection. And it was so evident tonight, like, because he makes up for so much of the mistakes that a lot of our guards are making in covering the perimeter. And, you know, I, I should say that again so people can hear that. Like, if you're watching these games closely, this is the truth. When AD is on the floor, he is making up for a lot of the mistakes that the guards are making when covering the perimeter. He is getting out and closing out and creating more pressure that the guards are not doing. So he is that important. And they gave up 42 freaking points in the first quarter tonight because he wasn't there. And a lot of those were threes. So a lot of people are going to argue like, oh, you know, that's not AD's job. But like watch another game and watch how he threatens that three-point line, not just the rim. So his presence defensively is so so important and we miss it incredibly and you know i thought christian wood was going to be that guy but you know apparently we can't start christian wood because we need somebody who's a lob threat to match up with lebron and i guess christian wood isn't enough of a lob threat jackson hayes is the better lob threat so even though jackson hayes is a bad finisher He's going to get the start over over Christian Wood. Make it make sense. It's you know we're, we're oh, <coughs> excuse me. You know we're you know oh, so frustrating. Um, you know I'm not I'm not coming up with the right words for it, but you know, I, I think you understand what we're what I'm getting at here. You know. Christian Wood has also, you know, been frustrating too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not sitting up here trying to say that, like, you know, Christian Wood would solve all this. <laughs> Fuck no. Like, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But, like, somehow, like, we need, we need a guy who is, like, you know, Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes kind of put together. We need a guy 
who can at least protect the rim a little bit like Christian Wood can, you know, because he's not what AD is, but he at least can be somewhat of a rim protector. Whereas Jackson Hayes, you know, just because he doesn't have the the physicality for it just doesn't really seem to protect the rim at all. Um, you know, so and then and then somebody who's a lob threat and athletic, you know. But then you look around and who's out there and who are we gonna get? You know, there's not not really a whole lot of choices. Um, you know, so but you know it is one of those things of also like when we're thinking about looking at a trade, you know, it's not just, you know, Delo that's the issue and like, you know, people that want to replace Delo, you know, think about this, you know, we do need it's obvious that we need a another center at least, you know, somebody, you know, who can be a solid backup when AD goes down, you know. And as well as when AD's there, if we have somebody who's coming in, you know, off the bench to be, you know, a solid backup that's that doesn't provide, you know, a big drop off, like that makes this team even that much stronger. So that is something that, you know, that I hope they're, you know, going going to address here. You know, when it comes to, you know, possibly making a trade or, you know, maybe even signing something in the buyout market because we do need another big, you know, we've still got that 15th rock roster spot open. And, you know, I know like Rob likes to keep it open, obviously, until, you know, last minute. But let's hopefully that's what we do with that 15th roster spot is another big. So. So anyway, you know, let me take another drink here. And I'll, you know, I'm going to segue into, you know, talking about this with AD and everything makes me want to segue into something, you know, I've been talking about for a while, but, you know, I've been defending Darvin Ham for a good while, you know, because this is only his second year, you know, so like, you know, yes, he's been a an assistant coach for a long time before this, but this is his second year as a head coach. And you know, I've I've tried to be patient. I, I feel like I've been patient and understanding, but you know, things have gotten a little annoying this year. And you know, just the 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 Dallas game in particular got especially annoying for me. Because, you know, Dante Exum, you know, a guy who came into this game, you know, well, anyway, like, here, I'm getting ahead of myself here because actually I had a little, you know, this, we're gonna, since I'm going to talk about ham a little bit, you know, we're going to call this segment, you know, torching ham. So, and of course, that one doesn't work either. So yeah, I've got the little pig sound effect. Got my little torch here. Yeah, time time to torch some ham. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Uh excuse my um you know stoner getting ahead of myself and having to back up there you know i just i had to play the sound effect there but you know like i said i've, I've tried to be patient you know i've tried to be understanding you know but the the dante exum thing you know he was shooting 29 percent, 29 percent from three like and he was out of the league two years ago out of the league and I understand the, you know, the game plan, a guy like that, you know, you're going to let him shoot, you know. And like, of course, you know, people have this like thing, 
thinking of like you know you let him shoot and if you know if he if he shoots like that and wins that's just you just accept it but there's also if he's shooting like that you adjust and you know especially in a close game and you don't let him beat you and that's what didn't happen and that was really really frustrating and you know you can play the percentages and it's you know it's a good thing to play the percentages it's smart most of the time but you play the percentages too long and you get fucked like that because the other thing you have to take into account when you're playing those percentages is those percentages are like that for a reason those percentages are like that because somebody's actually been guarding them and getting out on them you start leaving them open that changes things that changes the fucking variable completely so you have to take that into account too like you know you can't just ignore someone completely on offense you know as much as you want to talk shit about that it's you can't even do that on a fucking pickup game and those of you that play know what i'm fucking talking about so anyway you know that that kind of shit is the stuff that's really getting under my skin with Darvin Ham of, you know, why are you not making better in-game adjustments? And, you know, I understand, you know, maybe it, it's still a learning thing, but like, come on, man, that's, you've, you've got to get better. You know, we need you to get better for that, especially come playoff time, because that's, that's where it's going to be most important. Those in-game, those in-game, adjustments in the playoffs can really make the difference between winning and losing a series you know so that needs to get better and then the other thing i just can't understand like you know again back to christian wood you know i do understand he's been you know probably a little bit disappointing not not everything we've expected but like, why we couldn't use him in that Dallas game when AD clearly tweaked his groin again? That made no sense to me. Absolutely no sense to me. Like, what are we doing? Like, that's the time to test it out, and especially this early in the season. Like, you know, and the other thing, too, I also felt like it, it could have been you know, a good thing too, to even rest AD in that Dallas game. And even in the Spurs game, you know, after tweaking it in, um, in the, um, season tournament in the final game. So, but that's a whole other story. And, you know, obviously we need AD cause you know, we might've gone on one three this week if we didn't have AD, but anyway, uh, is the mess that this team is like you know and you know we're we're still we're still in good shape with you know some of the frustrations of this week you know the hangover of this tournament has been unfortunate but you know we're we're going to get through this it's, it's the doldrums of the regular season like i said you know and you know i i put up a poll this week you know like asking like what people thought the biggest problem was and of course darvin ham you know, won the top of that poll. But, you know, I also put, you know, offense, you know, defense or effort. And I still feel that effort is at the top of that, you know, with defense being second. And then Ham, you know, is still number three. So as much as I'm complaining about Ham and, and torching him here, I still feel like he's he's down the totem pole, the third problem, you know, at least in my mind right now so i need to see better effort from the players and i need to see you know better defensive effort especially from the players you know because that's that's on them you know the coach can do only do so much you know coach teaches scheme coach can yell at you all all you want and like you know like i've heard a lot of people like complaining about like you know like oh ham just doesn't yell at them enough and i'm like you know these are grown men like i don't know how uh, how many of you have been 
in you know positions of leadership or you know even just been in charge at work you know for a day or two like trying to tell grown men what to do is not as easy as a lot of people think <laughs> you know sometimes sometimes it takes some creativity and you know it's not about just barking orders you know it's it's not like that even even if you're the coach of a team and you know a lot of these guys, I, I, I wish some of them could be a fly on the wall to to sit in a lot of these coaches' rooms and see what kind of goes on. Because um, I, I don't think they realize, like, the artfulness of managing egos that a lot of these coaches have to do, especially in professional sports. And that's, you know, it's, it's more about grooming and managing egos and keeping people good keeping people happy than it is about X and o, X's and O's. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, may be surprised. A lot of people may, you know, want to tell me I'm full of shit, but trust me, like, you know, any pro will tell you, you know, like the coaches get too much credit and too much blame. So anyway, moving on. Actually, this next one, yeah, I got it. I definitely got to make my last hit here. And I don't play any music. We're just going to take the last hit. And... Uh, so anyway... I have noticed a fun and kind of funny little trend that's been going on with LeBron. LeBron keeps making all these weed references in his celebrations. So shout out to the king, man. Like, dude, it 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 makes me happy to know that you know you you might be you might be a stoner and you might be kind of because i've been joking with friends that like it looks like you like you're just dying to kind of kind of come out and tell everybody like yeah yeah i've been a stoner but like but i understand like you know there's there's still probably a lot of people that that aren't ready to hear something like that from the king so but like you know there's there's been you know the little you know stoner celebration um, you know pulling the joint up to your mouth after you know after the win with you know with ad and then when they won the cup you know he looked like he was crumbling a little something into the cup because he was passing it to someone and like so anyway shout out to lebron hey your secret's safe with me bro <laughs> anytime you want to come on to the show <laughs> You'd be the absolute dream get. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, man. But anyway, love you, LeBron. Like, despite when anybody on the timeline might tell you, just because I occasionally, you know, will say a few things about how you didn't box out or you, you know, were just a little bit lazy on defense. Like, some people think that means that I hate you. But the truth is, I really don't. Like, you're one of one of the favorite one of my favorite basketball players of all time truly like it has been an absolute joy to watch you play all these years and you know the fact that you've played all these years with zero scandal and you know raised such an amazing you know incredible family too and just yeah like nothing but admiration for you king absolute absolute admiration despite what some of these crazy people on the timeline might tell you so <laughs> uh, moving on that means only one thing It's time for his story. 
So anyway, on to historical stoner circle. <clears throat> Excuse me there a second. This week, you know, you know, I've been trying to kind of, you know, think of a better way to do this, you know, since it's just me. And so this week I have kind of a a different concept on the historical stoner circle. So this week I want to create a historical stoner circle that's a little kumbaya circle too. I want I want them to all get together and smoke and talk and just work it all out and so i want i want lebron ad and then all these stands who either hate lebron or hate ad you know and and won't admit it you know because they're, they're like they're so full of shit about it but i want them all to get together and i want them to all smoke a bowl and chill the fuck out. That's what I want. <laughs> it's like my biggest thing with all of this stuff and all of this, like, you know, all of you stands, like, you know, because I think a lot of what you're screaming is, you know, appreciate greatness, appreciate greatness. But you're trying to appreciate greatness while you're shitting on some other greatness. And why can't you just appreciate all the greatness, you know, and especially the greatness on this team, like, you know, LeBron and AD are the greatness on this team and you shouldn't take sides. Like they are a di dynamic duo and they need each other. And it's, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship. You know, you, you should respect the fact that, you know, you need both of them and stop shitting on the other one. Stop saying that LeBron is better. Stop saying AD is better and stop freaking out. If someone says LeBron does this better or AD does this better and just, just go with it, man. Just like, this is our team. They're a dynamic duo. Love them both. So that that's what I want. I, I want you all to just smoke it out, man. Smoke it out. So anyway, you know, I appreciate y'all. You know, everybody who's stuck with me through all of this, you know, 12 episodes, um, you know, and, you know, doing this all by myself now. Um, all of you that have been watching and sticking with me, I... I appreciate you so, so greatly. Um, you know, this has been just so much fun for me to, you know, turn this into fruition and, you know, to keep going and have, have you guys like continue to listen to me. I just, I just appreciate you so much. And I just wanted to give a shout out to all of you. So thank you so much. And, Stay zooted, and I will see you next week. In the history of mankind, men have been called out and written up millions of times over. But only one man was written up for, and I quote, making barnyard noises and wouldn't stop. Rest in power, my friend. Washiko.